The pre-med path can be super confusing. If you'd love some help on your path or on your applications, use the promo code PMY for pre-med years, PMY over at medicalschoolhq.net and get some help from some of our experts, former directors of admissions, admissions officers, other experts. We have a small team ready to help you today. Again, that's promo code PMY to get a discount on our services at medicalschoolhq.net. The Pre-Med Year, session number 529. Hello, and welcome to The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Welcome to the Pre-Med Years. Thank you so much for joining me today. I have a great guest for you today, a Gator med student, someone who was a respiratory therapist for many years before finally going down this path of becoming a physician and getting into medical school. Before we jump into Ben's story, though, I want to talk about Blueprint MCAT and their study planner tool. Hopefully, it doesn't take you seven years to get into med school like it took Ben, as you'll find out. But one of the best things that you can do to make sure that it doesn't take more time than needed is to plan your time, plan your prep for the MCAT. Go over to blueprintmcat.com, sign up for their free account, completely free account to get access to their amazing study planner tool. Tell it when you're going to take the MCAT. Tell it when you don't have time to study. Tell it all of your stuff, and it will spit out a customized schedule just for you. And we know that life happens, and so Blueprint MCAT makes it super easy to adjust your schedule as you go. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for that free, amazing study planner tool. Go over there today. All right, so we're going to jump in to our great conversation with Ben. I found Ben on TikTok when a TikToker, a, a student at University of Florida, College of Medicine, talked to Ben in her video, and Ben talked about being a super non-trad, taking seven years between college and med school, and I was like, I need to talk to this man. And Ben thankfully came on to share his story, to share the journey that he went on, to share his journey as a parent, as a spouse, as a son, as, as all of this stuff as someone who got into med school and then now is figuring it out with a professional wife as well, someone who has her own career as she's going down. And in this conversation, Ben wanted me to make sure, I got you, Ben, that the documentarian that he, uh, that he talked about is in fact Ken Burns, not David Burns. He knew that. You knew that. Don't, don't come for him. <laughs> Let's go ahead and say hello to Ben. Ben, welcome to the pre-med years. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. When did you first realize you wanted to be a physician? Well, a lot of daydreaming, right? You know, sometimes others <laughs> others see the potential in you before you see it in yourself. Um, but it took a lot of years to materialize and flesh out that that dream to you know become a reality. And um, being in medicine, being in healthcare, definitely helped me do that. Yeah. You started off. I, I first let's let's go back to to where I found you. <laughs> a random TikTok yeah. video where one of your classmates was going around asking how many gap years everyone took, 
And you were sitting there going, seven. And I said, seven, I want to talk to this guy. <laughs> Number one, you're you're at the med school that didn't want me, University of Florida. Uh, oh, no. I, I, I went to undergrad there. I interviewed at the medical school, and then they ultimately rejected me. Shame on them, uh, but I, I still love them. Um, seven gap years. Now, uh, just briefly hearing your story before we hit record, you originally went down a different healthcare field. You went down the respiratory therapist track. Why did you do that? Well, <laughs> so I started at undergrad, right? I was originally a, I was originally a philosophy major, okay. but unfortunately philosophy does not pay the bills. Um, and then my nephew had an unfortunate incident where he was intubated and he was hospitalized in the ICU. And um, that was the first time I had a one-on-one -on -one experience with a respiratory therapist, right? A lot of the times that profession, that that um that career path is kind of hidden behind the scenes, right? You hear about physicians, you hear about nursing, but a respiratory therapist sometimes, you know, it's it's not really like um they're not in the forefront, right? Yeah, not at all. So my my nephew being intubated, you know, and my 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 brother, you know, grilling the therapist with questions about you know these types of settings, what's going on here? This is alarming way too much. And seeing the therapist definitely respond in a in a very you know eloquent manner with great bedside manner, um, I was kind of intrigued by that, right? Mm -hmm. Just and then I spoke to the respiratory therapist, um, and then fast tracking, I was able to attend a healthcare conference in the Dominican Republic, and the associate chair um, at the time, currently she's a chair of the respiratory therapy at Stony Brook University, um, Lisa Johnson. She was in the she was part of the trip. And we had a conversation, you know, we talked, um, and I kind of switched, you know, that 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 split, that switch flipped in my mind, and I did all my prerequisites like in like a year and a half, two years, which I do not recommend. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do it, but um, I did that, and I was fortunate enough to be part of the program and graduate. So, how old were you when this happened to your nephew? You you had this exposure. <laughs> I was about 19, 20, okay. 19. So you're yeah, in school already. Yes. Yeah. What, I'm in school already. What path were you on at that point? Philosophy. So uh, no, yeah, pre-law. Okay. You know, exactly. Something not related to medicine. Even yeah. though I was intrigued by medicine, like who okay. isn't, right? But the classes are intimidating. So I'm like, do I really want to do medicine? Do I want to take all this mathematics? Do I really want to do this? But, that, that's interesting. So that just you saying that tells me that potentially you had some thought of medicine, healthcare, something, but maybe some self doubt, some uncertainty, some first generation fears. Is is that the truth? Is there, is there exactly. some truth in that? Exactly. Especially hearing like some of your friends saying this class is difficult, avoid this, avoid yeah. <laughs> that. And I guess, you know, part of the maturity process was realizing that, hey, like you can't handle certain things, right? Like you don't take other people's, you know, word of mouth or, you know, take take their take their advice, take their perspective, but understand that you can make your own and you know, you know, hard work really is a great equalizer, right? Yeah. So you go down this RT path, you graduate you're working as an RT, living life. At what point was it like, uh-oh, uh I, I think I yeah. want to go back to school? <laughs> so I have, I've 
had the privilege of having great mentors, right? So um, it was during a, you know, a, a, a stretch of time in the ICUs and the ER and a physician approached me. He was like, hey, Ben, you know, what do you want to do in your life? And I'm like, I am living my life. I'm a respiratory therapist. I like doing, yeah, I'm, like, doing I mean, what I'm doing. To me, <laughs> that's that's a very offensive yeah. question to RT. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, what do you mean? He was like, and he gave me some great advice. Like, Ben, you're enjoying it now, but, you know, don't waste your potential. You know, he saw my potential before I started myself, right? He okay. really said, Ben, like, so, I really think you should invest the time. So it was less of a diss on RTs and more of yeah. a, I see something in you that's bigger than... Maybe a little bit of both. A little right? bit, okay. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. But luckily, you know, I have a great relationship with him. Yeah. And he, you know, he he discussed it, and um, he said, Ben, you should really try to think about, you know, advancing your career. Mm. You know, you have a lot of potential. You know, there's something you're you you look like you're passionate about, right? So, so you know, try to pull the trigger on this, right? And I was how how many years in are you at this point? Ooh, man, you make me go back into the memory <laughs> bank here. Um, I graduated 2000. Okay, I want to say around 2015-ish, 15-ish. Yeah, 16. So, it's, so how yeah. many years post-graduation? How many years have you been working as an RT at that point? I want to say two and a half to three. Okay, so yeah. relatively. I mean, just to early. remember. Yeah, yeah, two and a half to three. Okay. But um, I, I, I've been fortunate. I graduated from a really good program, so... Even though it was like two and a half, three years into the profession, I felt like I could hold my own okay. in the ICUs and in discussions with physicians and you know that type of thing. So this is where I guess kind of I was lucky, right? So to I wasn't a conventional pre-med, right? So there were some classes I needed to take to even apply, you know, to be an applicant. Yeah. Right. I well, needed, let's, let's I even, orgo. before you get to that point. Yeah, you obviously made the decision at some point to be like, yeah, you're right. I I, I want to go to med school. Are Are you married at that point? I'm am engaged. You're engaged at that point. <laughs> what is that conversation like? Like, hey, how oh. are how are how do you feel about two hundred thousand dollars worth of debt? <laughs> <laughs> so this is the thing. So when. I spoke to the physician when when my mentors, my physicians were speaking to me. I wasn't really saying, "Hey, I'm gonna go um, become a physician," right? Yeah. I was like, "Hey, maybe I'll be a RT supervisor. You okay. know, maybe I'll work for a company like you know Philips and Respironics and become you know part of their umbrella of, of RT and you know and um and um mechanical ventilation, for example. You know, I was just thinking in that you know that really minimum sense. I wasn't shooting for the moon and say, "Hey." Let's go try to be a doctor here. You know, okay. I was just thinking, like, hey, maybe I'll make a transition from just like a regular staff RT to something a bit more supervisor position and things like that. Okay. So, um, speaking to my wife, you know, she she's my you know my best friend. Um, even though I'm sitting here, you know, I'm like the representation of a lot of people who invested their time and energy into me. Yeah. And my wife is one of those. Is definitely the the person that that does that and did that. Um and. I can't give you a specific time or date where I said, hey, I'm going to pursue this. I think I could distinctly remember taking some classes. Like I kind of said, okay, let me just see if I could handle the academic rigor, working full time, engaged, et cetera, you know, trying to live my life, travel, enjoy this time that I have that I, you know, available to me at, at the time. And I took, the first class I took was, um, I think genetics, like some genetic class. I took 
I took three classes in the summertime and I did well. And so, okay, maybe I could do this. And then the fall, I, I upgraded it and I took uh, like uh, organic, no, I took, excuse me, I took biochem, no, I took organic. I took organic, I took the prerequisites and I did well. I, I can't, I have to think of my transcript to tell you the exact yeah. like sequential order. Um, and I know my story is like, you know, fragmented, but you're making me think really, really hard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny, uh, I, I digress here, but it's funny because I feel like before I became, there's like a time before I was a dad and now that I'm a dad. Yep. So like the time before I was a father is like so <laughs> far away. <laughs> and I just think about like when my son was born and then the time after that. So I did some post back work. Um, I did well. And then I was looking to transition to a different position as, as a respiratory therapist, not a physician. And that's when I pursued a master's degree. And then I, and what was, was the master's that, in? Um, medical microbiology and biochemistry. Okay. So it was, so it was, it was definitely science heavy and something that that's when the transition switched, okay. you know, that when I was my master's degree, that was when I could distinctly remember saying, Hey, but I was asking a lot of people, I was like, am I delusional here? You know, you <laughs> have to kind of like question yourself right because it's a big step yeah. you know every step of the way i ask my wife my parents her parents i know i'm, I'm kind of rambling on i'm, I'm sorry no, you're good but uh <laughs> you're good so, so so was the the idea of doing the masters was that like your your stake in the ground of like i'm going for it yeah i think that's when i said i'm all in you know okay, yeah okay this master's degree is like i, I can handle this now and you know I, I, I go back to like this great documentary by um uh david the, David Burns, he, he did a documentary on, on the Roosevelt's and Theodore Roosevelt, before he became president, he was vice president, they became president um, because the president at the time was assassinated, but he was, I think, secretary of the Navy. Mm. And when he would walk um, across the White House, he would say that his heart would flitter a little quicker at the thought of occupying the office, right? So I remember like during my master's degree, the more I was learning academically, the more experience I get as a respiratory therapist, especially. Yeah. You know, I started to kind of envision myself, okay, maybe I can, I can do this. Maybe I can do this. You know, I would kind of like, um, at that time I had a lot of autonomy as a respiratory therapist, mm -hmm. right? They were giving me a lot of leeway to make decisions. So that was those, those, those small moments of hope, right? That you kind of like have to hold on to yeah. inspiration really. Cause <laughs> It was, it was, you know, you could get discouraged a little bit, you know, at the time I had my children were coming into the picture, you know, a lot of transitions happening in my personal life that I had to kind of like find ways to say, is this a real thing that I want to do in my professional academic life as well? Yeah. When, when you make that switch, uh, I talk to lots of nurses who make the switch and there's this general sentiment of like, oh, what, what's wrong with being a nurse, right? Did you tell colleagues like, hey, other fellow RTs, I want to go to medical school to <laughs> to be the MD or DO. Did you did you tell people? Were you afraid to tell people? And if, if you did tell people, what, what was that uh, reception like? I did not advertise it. If that's what you're asking. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't advertise it because, you know, there's a high risk of failure. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's another aspect as well. <laughs> so imagine if you say, hey, you know, I'm doing backflips. I'm going to medical school. And then, unfortunately, you get the rejection letter <laughs> and you kind of fall flat on your face. What, what right? are you still doing here? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, you know, that was something that I kept close to the chest. Um, obviously, my mentors, you know, knew, you know, that I was pursuing this. Mm -hmm. um, 
there were some other respiratory therapists in in my in my department, even outside my department, that were kind of like, kind of like not aware, but they they knew I was doing I was preparing for a transition. I was doing something to prepare myself to do something big in the future. Yeah. Okay. When it came to actually looking at everything you had to do, so you, you were doing your prereqs as post back work. You did your master's work. There's this little thing called the MCAT. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, <laughs> I, I'm assuming kids are around at that point, or at least one of them. What was MCAT prep like with a job, potentially still in your master's, a kid? What was that like? It, 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 was, it was difficult. So I, I prepared for that, I want to say. So I transitioned to, an, um, not transitioned, but I, I requested to be night shift. So I was night okay. shift. That helped a lot. And then I kind of requested to be more in like a chronic care setting where it's not as acute, is not as like fast paced. I can kind of like have a little bit of downtime to, hey, open up my iPad and do a little bit of reading, put it down and then do my rounds and, and you know, be present with the patients and their families and with the physicians. So my master's degree definitely helped with my preparation. Um, having recent post-bat work definitely helped me with my preparation. Um, the only like, you know, gut check and like, you know, humbling process was the car section, right? <laughs> yeah. That was just like, oh, my, I was like, welcome crawling, to the club. You know? right? Oh, that was horrific. Right. But, um, but fortunately enough, I, I, I performed well. Um, it was a lot of sleepless nights, you know, it wasn't, you know, rainbows and butterflies. It wasn't a lot of like roses and daisies. It was a lot of grunt work. I'll be honest with you, you know, yeah. and it still is, it still is. Um, but I feel like I've developed a certain sense of like um, a resistance to that. You know, like, okay, the work has to get done. It's going to get done. Um, and I'll be honest with you, you know, thinking some of the questions. So I had to like regress and not think too clin clinically for some questions. For some reason, I was thinking like too down the, I was thinking too much in certain questions. Yeah. So even like changing the framework of like how I'm going to approach a question was, was a little challenging for me for the preparation for sure. Yeah. You were lucky. I mean, you call it lucky. I, I it's not really luck. You just were in the situation you were in where your job as a non-traditional student was a clinical job. When you were looking at kind of the things that you should potentially do to prepare your application, how much did you think, well, well, great, I, I work in a clinical situation, but maybe I should get different clinical uh, experience. Are they going to like that all my work is is RT work? And how much did you like go down into the weeds and overthink everything in terms of what you were doing? That's, I wish I would have found your video sooner. That's my <laughs> point. You know, like really making my application was, was, uh, was challenging because it was a big gap when I was like on, on an actual undergraduate campus and being able to show some of my volunteerism or like my, um, my passion. Um, and that's one of the things I, I think, um, even speaking to my nephews, I think back is like, Hey, make sure early on you go to career advising, you know, like any advice, like undergrads, like, Hey, if don't plan for a gap year, you know, hopefully everything goes well, you get your first round, but try to have a plan B that you can utilize your degree in that can easily go into, um, you know, into your application and get that experience that you need to, to be a competitive applicant. Right. So I think I was lucky enough, like you said, to be in healthcare. So that was a big chunk of my application, but also I was able to do, to include my time in my under in Stony Brook university, right. Where I, I did a lot of community service. 
I was fortunate enough to do a overseas fellowship as a respiratory therapist. Um, even within my, um, even within my position at the time as a respiratory therapist, I had leadership within the department. Um, I got some sort of recognition for my performance in certain aspects of of, med- of healthcare. So I use those, you know, small nuggets to kind of like highlight, you know, my 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 commitment to healthcare, my passion to healthcare, and and patient, you know, and um patient involvement, and also kind of reflect, hey, as an undergraduate, these are things I were doing as well on campus. I just didn't have a chance to do it because I'm way, you know, gone right now. Yeah. When you submitted your application, what was your biggest fear? It was a lot of things. Um, I think my biggest fear, which I kind of, you know, say is like a part of me was my family. I'll be honest with you. Rejection is going to be, um, is always difficult, but I said, okay, I'm still going to be a respiratory therapist. I still have the things that I care about immediately in front of me. Right. But I was kind of afraid, okay, if this does go through, right, what is this transition going to look like for my family? Right. My wife was already thinking, okay, I have to leave my job. That was the biggest fear is just the actual relocation, like getting a family of four, um, you know, who's going to be our, you know, our our help when we need, you know, like serious assistance, you know, to take care of the kids and and restarting. That was my biggest fear. It was restarting. Um, And that's thinking ahead. But I think, you know, as a husband, a father, I'm sure, you know, you're always thinking ahead, right? Even if there's nothing in front of you that is a yes or no, black or white, you're always thinking okay, if this is goes left or right, you're thinking of both, both scenarios and how you're going to handle them. So that was my biggest fear, to be honest, right? Because it was a lot of, with me to my wife and I, even, you know, my extended family, my mother-in-law, my, 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 my in-laws, my parents, a lot of brainstorming, right? Yeah. Like, where are you going to apply to? You know, are you going to stay in state? Are you thinking of moving back to New York? You know, maybe Virginia, you know, so those were the things that were challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and I was, I'm, I'm very blessed to have a family that extended family, you name it, mentors that really kind of, cause again, you know, sometimes I need the constructive criticism. I want to hear if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. right? Perspective for me is very important, right? Two plus two equals four, but so that's five minus one. So I need to hear that like, Hey, am I being delusional? Like, am I stretching myself too thin? You know, like, what am I missing here? So those were the things that I was navigating through my application process. Um, a lot of communication with my wife, um, a lot of encouragement, you know, because even though you, anybody can say they're superhuman, there are those moments of doubt, right? There are those moments of, of when you're alone and you're thinking and you just have your thoughts, like, where am I with all of this? You yeah. know, so, so it was, it was, it was challenging, you know, I think back on it and I'm like, man, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm sitting here in front of you as a student, but like, man, that was, you know, it was some moments. There were some moments yeah. for sure. How, how do you have that conversation? with with family and go okay our our family's here our support's here we have two kids like do i apply to a medical school all the way across the country where we won't have any support and i mean luckily enough your kids are young which makes it easy to kind of drag them wherever because they they don't know any different um (laughs) how did you decide where you were going to apply to schools with all of those variables. First, you try to apply where you can get in, right? (laughs) So that was like the first checkoff list. Okay, where can I get in? 
Um, what what then, does that mean? Because you, know, you, you probably that mean, have yeah, a different I, thought than I have, but, but what does that mean to you? Where well, you could be a competitive applicant, right? You know, that where that idea where you say, okay, like maybe I do, I do fall within the quote unquote stat line. And maybe I do see myself within, you know, being there. So those are the schools we checked off, which is going to be in Florida, right? Because we're living in Florida at the time. So yeah. those were the number one schools, okay, Florida. Um, and then we extend, okay, we have family, New York, um, where we would like to live. Okay, maybe a little bit further northeast, right? We kind of like, you know, the Boston, Vermont area. Um, Virginia, we have some family in Virginia, um, Connecticut. So we were checking off where we have family, right? Okay. And then... Um, so those were the primary locations that we were looking at. And then we went to places where we would imagine ourselves living. Okay. If we have to relocate and restart, you know, have a great school system, you know, where we can potentially buy a home, um, a job for my wife, um, where in-laws would want to be incentivized to visit, yeah. <laughs> you know? So those are the things we're looking at. Okay. How many application cycles do you go through? One. Just one. One and done. Nice. Yeah. How many, how many, inter- how many interviews did you get? Ooh. Um, so I had, I had a lot of, in- so I, I had a good application cycle I had a good application <laughs> cycle. <laughs> where I was fortunate to kind of say no to a couple at a certain point in time when I was like, okay, let me just not, you know, so it, it was, I had a good, I was lucky. I was, I was lucky. Yeah. You worked hard. I worked, yeah. You worked <laughs> hard. How, how much did, when you were on your interviews, did did you being an RT come up? It was funny because one of them, um, during the, the cycle, I was asked, you know, why not, you know, PA? Why not MP? And I said, um, I think I'll be happier as a medical student than a nurse, uh, uh, <laughs> anything else. I just want to be a medical student. I think that that's, that'll be my happy place. I regret that answer now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I like that answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was my answer. But you know, it, it, you know, it got a laugh. You yeah. know, it, but you know, speaking seriously, it was it's just because seeing the different roles in medicine, mm-hmm. I saw myself. You know, I said, you know what, I want to have the most, you know, impact and patient outcomes. You know, I want to be able to, uh, you know, direct patient care in a way that I, not that I see fit, but that I can incorporate the healthcare team. Mm-hmm. You know. So I set up the healthcare team from the back seat. You know, I want to be able to take care of the healthcare team at the front. So that was really my answer um, to, for that. But um, my RT experience came up not as much as I was. I, I thought it was more about like who I'm as a person. Mm-hmm. You know, like why now? Why at this age? You know, um, what drives me? You know. So I spoke. I'll be honest. I spoke more about my family. Mm-hmm. And uh, my children, my inspiration, really, you know, because, you know, it's like a flip switch, you know, when yeah. we have children. And, um, and I spoke a lot about my wife. I, I can't speak enough about my wife. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to control myself, not talking about my <laughs> wife too much now. <laughs> What's your biggest regret? Um, let me think. That's a good question. That's a really good question. Um, a lot of the times, um, I think I've done it sooner, you know. But I'll be honest, I wasn't ready earlier. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be, you know, I think about that. I'm like, maybe, you know, um, I think, I think that would be my, not my biggest regret, but that was something that I wish, I wish I was, I, cause I, I see my classmates and they're 22 right out of college and they're in, you know, even here we there's a program where 
they don't even finish, you know, college. They just walk, not walk, walk right in. No, yeah. but they are, they're admitted. Oh, what's that and called? So junior, much- junior. What's that program called? Um, you apply as a sophomore at Florida and you, you do yeah. your first year of med school is your senior year. Oh, I yeah, forget what yeah, that's yeah, called. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One of, one of my good friends when I was in school did it. I forget. Anyway. But they're so young, yeah. you know, <laughs> they're <And> babies. They're, <laughs> right. <laughs> So, you know, and that's very impressive, right? So even though, yeah. you know, I'm on the other side, I'm a little older or non-traditional, you know, then the other side, and that's as, you know, they're mature, they're ready to take on, you know, the task. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So you get into school. What what was it like to get that first acceptance email or phone call? <laughs> oh, man. It was like, oh, this is happening. You know, we're in too deep now. You know, it's like... We're... <laughs> It was exciting. It was it was very very exciting. I was very um, I can't find the right. I was I was, you know, it's like a little bit of 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 um shock, a little bit of being numb, a little bit of like you know you don't know where you don't know, you don't know how to feel. Yeah. You know you don't know how to feel, but a lot of excitement, a lot of excitement, a lot of um peace. Mm-hmm. You know, like okay, this is, and then you know automatically okay, how I'm gonna relocate? <laughs> like what's next? Yeah. So it was like a it was like a ramp up. A ramp, big ramp, and then that tris- <laughs> yeah. transition. You've were obviously doing lots of of school work. Your your post back, your masters. You're still working as an RT as well, help pay for bills and all that other stuff. <laughs> what was that transition like to go? Okay, bye bye RT career. I thank you for everything. I'm moving on. <laughs> what what was that first week or or month or so as a medical student like? Um, I think that, um, managing, um, full-time work with, um, with school prepared me for medical school. I definitely, that's, that's for sure. Um, you know, I, I can, I mean, I don't want to speak too soon, but I feel like I've developed good work habits, good study habits, Mm. um, you know, to kind of like, you know, grind out what I need to grind out. That's not the right word, but to just. I'm persistent enough in my schoolwork where I feel like I can, you know, hopefully get through to the end. So it does feel kind of relaxing having to work, you know, just focus on school and my family. It was actually a like a, a some like a weight off my shoulder, really. Yeah. You know, but again, that weight goes to my wife now, unfortunately. Yeah. But um, but um, but it was just focusing on school is a bit of a of a relief. I'm not gonna lie, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah. Uh, a lot of uh, parents that I talk to who are in medical school think that being a parent is actually an asset because it it forces you to know, like, I, I want to get home to my kids, to my wife, to my spouse. And so the the time that I have on campus is going to be the most effective time because I don't have all the time in the world. I, I have other priorities as well, which is weird as a medical student. Do you, Does that resonate with you? um in terms of actually being more organized more effective so that you can have family time as well definitely but i haven't mastered that i mean <laughs> I, I do feel <laughs> i have not i mean um i do try to be home by dinner time but that like the first semester that was like man i don't think i could do that so i had to like kind of like restructure that okay i try to be home by you know by snap by sleep time or, you know, my bedtime for my kids. 
Um, and that fluctuates also, you know, just be based on what block of the semester we're in. So I've, I've, that, that's the part that been, has been hard on me, I'll be honest, you know, squeezing in all that time. I take the weekends to do that. Mm. Um, there's something called like the golden weekend where like after you're done with exams and there's everything, test, I like yeah. that stretch of time. <laughs> yeah. So I take that time very serious. Um, yeah. And I try to leave, you know, where we are now and try to visit some other places and just relax and take some time, you know, some free time for my wife. But um, I haven't been good at that. I mean, I'll have, that's the one part where I'm trying to be better is being home at a certain time. And it's very, very difficult. I'll be honest. It's very, very difficult. Yeah. Ben, as, as we wrap up here for the, the non-trad, for the parent out there who <laughs> wants to go to med school, who's, who's worried about doing it all and being a parent, what, what words of advice do you have for them? It's doable. You can do it. Um, again, I think that all your life experiences, right, is very valuable. Like, don't discount that. Um, you the the resilience and the and the work ethic you develop in those non-trad years as a parent and et cetera, is it's it's it's, it's be vital and essential for your um for your application process and, and 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 you know and going forward. So like, don't give up the hope. Don't give up the dream. Is there at your you know is within your reach and just you know keep keep going forward. All right, so there you have it. Again, Ben, medical student down at UF, sharing his journey from respiratory therapist to med student after many, many years figuring out his journey and what worked for him and his family and everyone else. Hope this was helpful for you to help you see there is no one size fits all. All right, that's basically the goal of this podcast is to help each and every one of you see that there are many ways to get to medical school. And Ben is just one more example of that. Hope this was helpful. Don't forget to check out blueprintmcat.com and their free amazing study planner tool today. Have a great week. We'll see you next time here on The Pre-Med Years. This is MedEd Media.